According to Dr. Crawford Loritz, your closeness to God affects how you relate to your spouse. The depth of, the, of authentic intimacy in a relationship is a reflection of the depth of your walk in relationship with the Lord. Marriage is to be the, the living, visible biography of the life of the Savior in your history. It tells the truth about Jesus. This is the Revive Our Hearts podcast with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, author of Choosing Forgiveness, for July 23rd, 2019. Yesterday, we heard from Crawford and Karen Loritz on the subject of their new book, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow making your relationship matter now and for generations to come. They're back with Nancy today to continue the conversation. Let's listen. Well, I'm so thrilled and honored to have my longtime friends, Crawford and Karen Loritz, here with us in the Revive Our Hearts studio today. They've flown in from Atlanta, and you all do a lot of traveling, a lot of speaking, and I'm just so thankful that you were willing to work it into your schedule to oh, join us this week. It is a privilege. We're, we're grateful that you invited us, that uh, we're just glad to be here. Good stuff. <laughs> and you have such a marriage that God has written in your lives and through your lives mm. as a result of 47 plus years of marriage, four kids, 11 grandkids. Yeah. And we talked in yesterday's program, which if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go back to reviveourhearts.com and pull it up. Because especially if you're coming out of a background that has broken relationships, broken family, dysfunction, mm. you'll be so encouraged to hear how God's grace can redeem and rescue out of any background Amen. and how your mm. past doesn't have to define you. Mm-hmm. It certainly explains some things, but it doesn't have to be a bondage to your life. So Crawford and Karen, you've written this wonderful, smallish book, but packed with truth enough for a lifetime called Your Marriage Today. And tomorrow, why the title? Yeah, because, you know, the very nature of marriage is that it was meant to impact a time that we cannot see. You know, not to get unduly uh, theological here, but the institution of marriage, God gave that as a conduit by and through which the image of God is passed on from one generation to the next. And it was to reflect the unity that's found and the love relationship that's found in the Trinity. That's the reason why he says, let us make man in our image. And and so family is to reflect the truth of the Trinity. And it's God's process to uh, and, uh, of incarnationally representing who he is, what he's all about from one generation to the next. Now, that, that's, that doesn't sound very really warm and fuzzy when you sit in a counseling session with mm-hmm. a young couple. But I actually think we ought to begin there. Because one of the reasons why marriages are breaking up is that we've lost the holy why, mm-hmm. yeah. the holy why of marriage. And if we viewed it from that perspective and we see that this is going somewhere because God wants to do something in succeeding generations, that's the stuff of endurance and pressing into and wanting to change. And it helps us to get a little bit more holy pep in our step about what we're all about and solving problems and reconciling differences and really telling the truth about the gospel. Honey, I like that expression, the holy why. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest with you, when Nancy, when I stood at that altar on May 22nd, 1971, 
only thing I knew is I was going to get married. I'm going to love this man. He's going to love me. We're going to have babies, and we're going to live happily ever after. Even as a believer, I had no thought of, well, my marriage, can it impact beyond just me? Yeah. And so it is God's design that we impact generations. And so having that tag on the book, making your relationship matter now and for generations to come, that's the holy why. I like that. It's good, honey. Well, thank you very much. I don't know where that came from, but I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> and the fact is that every marriage is making an impact on future generations. One yes. way or the other. One way or the other. That's right. Yeah, that's well said, Nancy. It's true. And so there's no such thing. I mean, it's... Um, I don't mean to sound in your face here, but it's categorically irrelevant to say that I don't want to leave a legacy. Well, if you're We're breathing, if you're breathing, you're gonna you're gonna do that. The appropriate question is, what shape will it be in? What, and we can see how our lives have been influenced by the legacy absolutely. others left us. Right. Absolutely. For godliness or for a lack of godliness. Yeah. But then we got to remember we're leaving That's something right. behind too. That's right, and you know. And the point is that the hope that uh, the, the hope in our marriage is not that we had uh, great marriages before us and uh, great models before us. The hope in our marriage has to do with our concept of God. Mm-hmm. It has to do with our concept of God. It, it's not what I bring to the table. It's what God can do when I submit to him and surrender to him. And that's where our hope is. I mean, we're all messed up. We, we all have issues in our lives and, and we all have dysfunction. But our concept of God is everything. And if we have a great concept of God and we have a vision of who God is and what he's able to do, then that's the hope that will carry us through the future. And again, as we said in a previous program, you know, my great-grandfather was a slave. Couldn't read it, couldn't write, but he loved Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that was the tipping point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was the tipping point. And because of that love for him— he says, I'm going to show you what I can do in succeeding generations. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking as we're having this conversation, there are people listening to us right now whose marriage is, it's a mess. Yeah. It's tension. It's conflict. It's, it's a burden. It's not a blessing. And they're saying, there's no godly legacy being left here. But the word hope you keep using yes. is not found in whether your mate does this or that. It's not found in your history. It's found in right now. Are you willing to say yes to Christ for whatever he intends for you now? It's a daily surrender because I remember in our earlier days and months of our marriage, you know, to be honest with you, I would cry on my pillow because my grandmother told me she loved Crawford. My aunt, they loved Crawford. My mom loved Crawford, but they always told me, especially my Nana, if it doesn't work out, you can come back home. Always had an out. Wow. And so when things were going, to, you didn't know that. I knew yeah, that. Yeah, they loved you, Crawford. But yeah, she but told my me, dad told me just the opposite. You couldn't come back. I couldn't come well, back. Well, my home. nana said if it doesn't work out, because none of their marriages, they were all divorced. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, just did you know, ever consider taking that advice? No, because I, I was, a, I would be ashamed because I was a Christian, mm-hmm. and they would say, "Well, Karen, this didn't work for you, so you know better. We're all the same." Yeah. So I just hung in there, just cried in the pillow when I didn't get my way. And yeah. just God just kept on after me. But Karen, I want to that's a very significant point. You know, one of the things that we we have learned, we don't have a perfect marriage. I mean, we we my kids could tell you, you know, stories, I mean, I, stories and <laughs> and all of that. We, you know, and we're not perfect parents, we never perfect marriage. But one of the things that God 
use is that those times in which there would be conflict in a relationship, we didn't see eye to eye, Mm -hmm. there'd be stress and didn't know what to do. It drove us to our knees Mm -hmm. and it drove us to the place of help. And I, I, someone needs to hear that today. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we're trying to figure stuff out. And God says, no, I don't want you to figure that out. I want you to trust me. Yeah. I want you to take the confusion. I want you to take the conflict. I want you to take the brokenness. I want you to take your failures. Get an open Bible. Drop to your knees. Seek my face. Surrender to it. Say to me that I can't make this happen. Will mm-hmm. you help me? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's only when your pride is broken that yeah. you can get deliverance yeah. mm-hmm. and help. Yeah. But if 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 you're still trying to trying to play the game and 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 gut it out, it's not going to work. Or solve it on your own. That's right. It's mm-hmm. just not mm-hmm. going to work. And I, as a pastor, I see that all the time. And I, I have I have said to young couples, "Well, when are you going to cry, Uncle? Mm-hmm. When are you going to cry, Uncle? You can't fix this." And sweeter words God never heard than, help, Lord. Yes, yes. I need you. Absolutely. I can't do this without you. Absolutely. And I think that that is the point. Christians have the same problems as un, as nonbelievers do in their relationship. The difference should be that we surrender to the power who can change things. Yeah. Yeah. I've often said to women, anything that makes us need God— is a blessing. Amen. And that can include conflict in your marriage. Yes. 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 It's not that it's a good thing, but it is a good thing if it makes you need God. Because it's the pathway to to where you need to be. God pours grace Amen. on the humble. Amen. And there's nothing like our inadequacy and our failure to make us feel our need oh. for him. Oh. And even though I had all those great role models, the women that mentored me and loved me and things like that, they could not fix me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had yeah. to fix Ask God to fix me and surrender. And sometimes it was tough beans because God was not going to give up on me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't tell you the number of times that I have said through the years, God, I can't fix this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this. to be honest with you, there's a part of my personality, I'm a fixer. I mean, I, you know, I just, I, I want to fix it. I, I can call somebody. I got resources. I can do whatever. But but God has brought me time and again as a, as a husband and as a dad. There have been times where I have literally said with tears flowing down my cheeks, God, I can't fix this. Yeah. I can't do anything about this. And, you know, it, it's amazing the number of times when I've said that there's a peace that's came over my heart. It's almost as if God said, that's where I want you to be. Yeah, yeah. Good place. Good that place. is a good place to be. Yeah. I'm reading from one of the endorsements at the beginning of your book by your son, Brendan, your younger son. And he said, all my life, I've watched my parents literally live out these truths in this book. Even though they're not perfect, there's a profound sense of wanting to honor the Lord in everything, especially in their marriage. Through ups and downs, in victory and in failure, their commitment to the Lord and to each other has imprinted my life, and my siblings' lives. I'm grateful for the legacy they have stewarded, modeled, and passed on to us. Sometimes I wish people could see greatness in private because that's what I have witnessed. Thank you, Mom and Dad. I love you dearly. And Karen is in tears because this is what you want for your children. Yeah, more anything else. It's for them to see not perfection but grace. You know, Nancy, I've, I've um, I don't want to say this the right way. I've stood in stadiums filled with fifty, sixty, seventy thousand people, and I've, I've had people say kind things about me. But the greatest blessing in my life 
is to witness how this stuff works in succeeding generations. You can take all that other stuff away, all of it, all of it. I pastor church is fairly sizable and all that stuff you can take away. Mm -hmm. But to see the hand of God working through imperfect people who have stumbled toward faithfulness and to see that it works, that's what it's all about. And I I just want to encourage Anyone who's listening right now who, who who's tempted to give up and you're overwhelmed and you, you, you're just sick and tired of the stuff, just take another step. Just take another step. Just trust God, believe him, and allow him to meet you at that point of need because the vision is this. You, you're going to have grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and you don't want to, you don't want to send shrapnel into the future. Because of uh, pulling back and giving up and not moving forward, you can make a convenient decision that will imprison your future. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get you some help. Find somebody. Get some counseling. Open the Word of God. Trust God, but keep stumbling toward faithfulness and obedience. And it's his faithfulness, Amen. ultimately, that is what Amen. keeps us, right? That's right. It's not our faithfulness because um, we can't be faithful apart no, from no. him. And one of the very practical things you could do is get a copy of this book, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow by Crawford and Karen. It's available for a donation of any amount as our way of saying thank you for your support of Revive mm. Our Hearts. We'll tell you at the end of the program how you can uh, make that gift and get a copy. Mm. I think one of the most helpful chapters or pair of chapters in this book for me at this stage in my marriage was about gifts that a wife needs from her husband and then another chapter on gifts that a husband needs from his wife. So we mentioned yesterday that you might, if you're a woman who listens to Revive Our Hearts regularly, you might want to ask your husband to listen to this program or this series with you because it'll give you something to talk about and something to pray about together. But Karen, I know that you speak to wives at marriage conferences, and uh, you've discipled a lot of younger women and wives, and you have some really practical wisdom about some of the most important gifts that a wife needs. And this is helpful for husbands, I think, to hear who may say, look, I want to be a good (laughs) husband, but I'm not sure how. Men and women are so different, and you we come from different backgrounds, and we have different yes. love languages. And mm-hmm. uh, so as you kind of unpack for men, what's a helpful thing for them to hear? What's one of the important gifts that you want men to understand that well, they, they can give I, their yeah, wives? I was, th- I was thinking about that. If I had two out of the seven men that you can give your wives, you know, we love the flowers. Crawford was great at giving me flowers and writing me notes. He is, even still today, he brings me beautiful flowers. I love that. But some of the gifts, <laughs> two of the seven gifts that was in the book that I really just want to highlight is the gift of unconditional love. Mm. The unconditional love that goes beyond the self is really helpful. I love it, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians 13 when it talks about love bears all things, believes in things, hopes all things, all those things about love. Put your name in that and see, is that the kind of love that, that gift that you give in your wife, unconditional love. And I know Crawford, time and time again, he's come and he exhibited and showed and 
unconditional love, even when I'm having all my kinds of meltdowns, <laughs> you know, looking, being, feeling so inadequate to be this, this godly wife, mm-hmm. this godly mother, the unconditional love. He modeled 1 Corinthians 13. But another big, big one is that the gift of understanding. And this is a big one. Mm-hmm. When a la- last child, we have four children, went off to college, I was good. We took her to school in August. I was good in September. The middle of October, I was sitting having my quiet time, opened the Bible, and next thing I know, my Bible is wet. Tears had just flooded my Bible, and I felt as though, you know, my mother's cart was taken away. I went through this horrible emotional meltdown being an empty nester. You were speaking with us at a True Woman conference right about that time. It was (laughs) horrible. Yes, I remember that. (laughs) Had an emotional meltdown. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out what is happening to me. And uh, Crawford, my husband, who's a fixer, wanted to <laughs> fix it, you know, you know, live with your wives in an understanding way. Well, I, he couldn't understand me because I didn't understand myself. And I had to yeah, walk That was a little through. challenging time around Yeah, it marriage, was really so, challenging. Yeah. He wanted to pray with me, gave me scriptures. And, man, you, sometimes you just cannot understand your wife, what she's going through. But God calls you to live with her in an understanding way. And Crawford, your response to those circumstances was uh, you were feeling different about your kids leaving the house. Yeah, I was happy. Were... I mean, I was no, – well, <laughs> yeah, well, I was. I mean, I was – it was uh, – uh, You were looking forward my, to the future. Know, yeah, I miss my uh, – she's our youngest, and I, I, I miss them. And I, I tear up every time we dropped off four kids at college. I, I got that. I teared up a little bit, but I was – I was excited about this new adventure and, you know, empty nesters now, kind of sort of when they're in college, you're kind of sort of empty nesters. Right. And uh, I was thrilled about that. And But, but there uh, were, no, but you can't understand if your wife is going through a period, a season in her life. Yeah. Where now, let's say her mother's car, whatever that means, or she's going through some hormonal changes. Yes. And God, but those two things converged. Didn't yeah, they, they yeah. converged. Yeah. It was a horrible mess. But he he loved me and underst- was seeking to understand by giving me time, being tender with me, showing his treasure for me as his cherished possession. Those things he had to step up. And um, now not- it did take me a little it, while. It took, a while. It, it took me the first. I didn't. I was a little confused there because the the waters were a little turbulent. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I finally got on the other side of that and said, uh, "This is not an easy fix here. Just." Put your seatbelt so on. Anyway, and, yeah. anyway, there are some good things in the book about how to really understand your wife. That's a good gift. Yeah. So as you look back on that season, and now you, you, before you know it, your daughters and daughters-in-law will be at a similar season. Yes. So looking back, both of you, what are the takeaways that Crawford, how, how do you understand or live in an understanding way with your wife? What are some practical ways, Karen, that Crawford communicated tenderness to you? Let's unpack that a little bit. And while you're thinking about it, let me just tell you, I thought of something as I was reading about thoughtfulness was one of your points. And as we're recording this interview, it will air it a bit later, but I'm a week from turning 60. And my husband is celebrating birthday week for me. So I got up this morning and had this beautiful card on my bathroom counter. And when you open it up, you can see it here. This butterfly pops out. And Robert has been listening to me talk about... Um, I've always wanted to be a godly old lady. I've always looking looked forward to getting older. But I don't know. In the last few weeks, I just felt a little tentative about this whole thing of going into my yes. 60s. Yes, yes. And it's just felt a little weird and a little like 
am I old? I don't, I mean, if you're older than that, you're going to laugh at me. But anyway, Robert's been listening and he wants to understand my heart. So I pulled out the, the, the written part of this card and he says, my precious lady on the threshold of a new decade. And then he quoted from Revelation 21, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Uh, you see the butterfly yeah, and yeah. you think of that newness. How good of the Lord to bring you to this place for his glory. Amen. And I'm thinking that tender, thoughtful, kind note at a moment that he knows I'm feeling a little tentative. I think he's maybe wanting to avert the meltdown um, if we can, possibly can, that you went through care. And there may be a time when it isn't averted and then you still love and understand and deal with each other tenderly yeah. through yeah, that. Yeah, I think the understanding is is not so much that you cognitively can can figure out what is going on. I think that that's the wrong way of looking at it. I think it's a heart understanding. Mm-hmm. I think it's empathy. Yes. I think it's even though I may not know exactly why she's feeling this way, that's irrelevant. She's feeling this, and you way. don't dismiss, and you don't those dismiss feelings. that. And I had to, I had to learn that. I think most guys don't. I shouldn't say most, but a considerable number of us don't naturally go there. It's hard. It is. It's hard, hard for us as women. Yeah, we don't understand is. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you and you, you get to that place where you say, well, you know, just suck it up and you'll get over that, and uh, you'll be. But that's not where. That's where not you a good need. answer. It's not well, a good answer. No. I think for you too, Crawford, that you've grown over the years that you're a good listener instead mm-hmm. of wanting to say, okay, listen, now let's fix it. Well, for this wife, for me, I need it not only for you to listen but not say anything and just pray with me through it. Yeah, and and, and the truth of the matter is that, that I didn't have to control it. That's right. You know, yeah, I, I, that's I think good. I think as you mature and as as God works in your heart and life, you realize how much you weren't in control to begin with, and so that you don't have to control people, you don't have to control outcomes. You need to support the folks that you love, stand with them, and help them to get through whatever place they're at without judging them or or having them to be like you or to think like mm-hmm. you, but to empathize with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where real love, love is sacrificial. That's right. And it does not have to have cognitive reasons for things. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'd love for us just to take a moment to read those verses from 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. And I'm thinking about that moment at the beginning of our wedding ceremony when I was getting ready to walk down the aisle from the mm. back of the church and Robert was standing at the front waiting for his bride. And before I walked down, he recited 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the whole chapter from memory. Yeah, yeah. He did a good job. And um, <laughs> yes, he did. And he had been working on that and not just memorizing it, but having a heart to live mm-hmm. that kind of love, to love me in that way. I feel so blessed, so grateful. But just these middle verses. And whether we're husbands or wives, saying, is this the way I treat my mate? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's mm-hmm. um, Not because I feel some great ushy-gushy love at the moment necessarily, but is this the way I act toward my mate? Love is patient and kind. Mm-hmm. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never 
ends. I love it. Mm, that's mm. the love of God Amen. for us. Yes. And that's the love he wants to infuse into our yes. hearts, our yes. lives, our marriages, our responses yeah. to each other in marriage. And boy, that's not, you don't learn to love that way in a day or mm-hmm. a year or a decade. Mm-hmm. It's day after day choices, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, I hate to keep coming back to this, but you need God to love that way. Yeah. Because it's uncommon. Yeah. You yes, know? it's uncommon. Supernatural. And it is supernatural. And that, that's the reason why, I, you know, I, I've just come to this conclusion that <laughs> the depth of intimacy in a relationship, authentic intimacy in a relationship, is a reflection of the depth of your walk in relationship with God. Wow. Say that one more time. That's so well, good. Well, the depth of, the, of authentic intimacy in a relationship is a reflection of the depth of your walk in relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And you just can't get away with it. Right. You just can't, because it was meant to be that way. Right. It was never meant to be one-off. It was never meant to be compartmentalized. That it is not just a foundation, but it infuses everything. Yeah. And, you know, marriage is to be the, the living, visible biography of the life of the Savior in your history. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's yeah. what marriage is yeah. intended to be. And it's holy. Mm-hmm. And it's transformative, and it's changing us from one state of carnality to a brilliant state of glory. Mm-hmm. It tells the truth about Jesus. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue this conversation mm-hmm. in the next Revive Our Hearts. Wherever you are in your marriage, I hope that you will get a copy of Crawford and Karen's book, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow. And it's just chock full of practical wisdom, insight, help, honesty, uh, sharing out of your own journey. Thank you for doing that, Crawford and Karen, for not um, making us think that you just have arrived or had this perfect marriage. I know it's been helpful to me, and I'm hoping that many, many of our listeners will get a copy. And uh, we'll be glad to send you one when you make a donation of any amount Mm -hmm. to support the ministry of Revive Our Hearts, which is helping people to think... God's way Mm. about every aspect of their lives, including their marriage. Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth has been talking with Crawford and Karen Loritz about glorifying God in marriage. They've been discussing the new book by Crawford and Karen called Your Marriage Today and tomorrow, making your relationship matter now and for generations to come. When you support Revive Our Hearts, we'd like to thank you by sending a copy of this book on marriage. You can do that by visiting reviveourhearts.com and making your donation online, or call us at 1-800-569-5959. That's 1-800-569-5959. Nancy? On the next Revive Our Hearts, join me as I talk with Crawford and Karen Loritz about what every husband needs from his wife. You may want to get your mate to come and listen with you and uh, make it a matter of prayer and conversation. And I know something that will be of great encouragement to your marriage, wherever it may be right now. So be sure and join us for the next Revive Our Hearts. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth wants your marriage to demonstrate the beauty of the gospel. The program is an outreach of Life Action Ministries.